0: Well, we're in week four of a series called Forward. And a, a series, if you're new to church, is simply a collection of talks around a common thought or theme. And we've been looking at this. It's our word for the year. It's, it's our declaration of faith. It's the word forward. It comes from Philippians chapter three, where the apostle Paul wrote, forgetting what is behind me, I press, everybody say it, I press, forward to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And, and so I just said this year, I feel like it's the year to kind of, to get unstuck or to not even be languishing anymore, but it is the year to move forward in every area of your life. I believe God wants you to get a forward in your spirit. I'm not waiting for everything to be perfect. I'm not waiting for all the stars to align. I'm gonna start moving forward now. And, uh, and trust God with each step of faith I take. And so I'm excited to bring the word to you today. I want to talk to you about this thought. How many of you that, that you get, a when you think about forward, if you're like me, you get a, a visual, you get a mental picture. The question I have for you is this, when you think about moving forward, what does it look like? I know, I know when I've got something exciting coming up, I, I get a visual about it. Come on, whenever it's vacation time, I got it in my mind right now. It's warmer weather, y'all. It's no rain or snow. Dear God, why'd I move to the Arctic? I didn't know I did. But I, I, come on, anybody else with me? For, for Tammy and I, it's like this. We just went, uh, we got away a few days with some of our closest friends. And, um, and, and we visualized this, where we're eating. Come on, like getting away is like, I got back and no one goes, what'd you guys do? I was like, well, we got up, we ate. Then we hung out a little bit, then we got dinner. We ate a little more. Come on, anybody else? Like, if We weren't laying out because we were eating too much. And, uh, but you gotta get it in your mind. Here's the question I have for you. What does forward look like in your life? Do you have a vision? Do you have a, do you have a mental picture? And if I had to guess, here's what the picture does not look like. It doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like trying to move forward but held back because of financial stress. I want to talk to you about that today. And if you're visiting or or you brought somebody, you're like, oh, are you talking about giving? No, no, no. I want to talk to you about how you don't have to live under financial stress. Are you with me? I really hope today helps you. I want nothing from you, want everything for you. And I want to give you some new lens maybe to look at it because if you are like the average American and if we are, we're, just average people, which I think that we are, then a good part of us are living under some level of financial stress. And here's what I know, is that you cannot move forward if you're living with financial stress. You can't move forward if you're living with financial stress. Matter of fact, the APA, the American Psychological Association said that the number one stress factor in people's lives is financial stress. Forbes Magazine recently wrote in the last few years that 44, listen to me, 44% of working adults could not handle a $400 emergency. That's a bad place to be. In that same article, Forbes wrote that 40 or 36 or 38% right in that range of people were living with credit card debt at about 16,000 at a 16% interest rate. In that same article said that 33% of people have zero saved for retirement and the average American has less than 10,000, which most Americans will need just over a million saved. We're in a terrifying place. No wonder we're living in financial stress. No wonder financial stress is the number one cause of tension within a marriage. Are y'all hearing me this morning? We need to get some help in this area. And I believe that God has the answer for us. And I just want you to know that living under financial stress, I don't believe is the will of God for your life. I'm not one of these preachers, although some have said I am. I'm not... I'm not one of these preachers that's like, give God a dollar, he'll give you a Mercedes or, or God wants you always healthy, wealthy and wise. I don't know if that's the will of God for your life, but I do know the will of God is not for you to live under such financial pressure in your life that you cannot pursue the calling of God on your life, that you can't pursue the purpose of God in your life. I do know that. I don't know if he wants you to have a Mercedes or a Camry. I have no idea. But I do know his will is not that you would live under such stress and i don't want you to live there either as your pastor i want you to live free to do everything god has called you to do you know this week i um went to the eye doctor because i'm at that age y'all and uh i didn't realize this but i hadn't been since 2019 I don't know if it's a pandemic or I just don't go to a doctor. Um, and I know it's not good. I'm not the best patient. Anytime I go and they fill out, who's your you know, primary care physician? I'm like, whatever urgent care is open. That's what my primary, like, I just, I'm that guy. If you're a physician and primary care, please pray for me. And, Um, reach out the office maybe you can become mine but uh, because right now it's whatever urgent care is open wherever i'm at and uh and so but i went to the eye doctor this week and i wear reading glasses i I actually brought them with me i wear my clark kent reading there we go wow look at that screen back there that's amazing i can see it But I wear these when I'm reading because my eyes get real tired by the end of the day and I was getting a bunch of headaches and all that kind of stuff. So I got these several years ago and I I don't always wear them like I should. But it's always amazing because when I'm at my computer during the week working, I'll put them on and, and like everything's crisp. And I'm like, there weren't supposed to be blurry lines around the letters and numbers. And, uh, and so anyways, but I went to the doctor and I hadn't been since 2019 and he gave me a new prescription and I said, hey, how's my eyes? And he was like, well, they, everything's good. They look healthy. And, um, and he's a really, really kind doctor. And, uh, and I said, what about my prescription? He goes, well, it's doubled. <laughs> and he's like, in the next five years, you'll probably have to wear them all the time. It's like, God bless you. This was a very encouraging visit. But here's what it taught me is for several years, since 2019, these looked fine. All the way up till Thursday at about four o'clock, these were working great for me. And I thought they were perfect for my eyes. Are y'all with me? But my eyes had slowly and ever so slightly began to get worse and worse over the last few years, but I didn't know it because the change was slow and incremental. And I think it when it comes to our resources and our finances and how we manage them, that slowly and incrementally, we get fine with pressure. And slowly and incrementally, we get okay with loads of debt. And slowly and incrementally, we get okay with not having any savings. And slowly and incrementally, we begin to believe our own excuses about, well, I'll have a time for that later, or when the kids get out of the house, or when the college bill is paid, or or you, but pastor, you don't, I know some of you are already thinking right now, pastor, you don't know my situation. You don't know my circumstance. You don't know the, and and you're right, I don't. And so today though, I just wanna maybe give you a new prescription. That just maybe today you would you would adjust that all of us, no matter where you are from the most wealthiest to maybe you feel like you you don't have a whole lot, that all of us, myself, this message has challenged me to go back and, and I'm a person that doesn't live with debt and I don't live with stress and I, I'm not comfortable unless I've got a lot of margin and I don't make decisions that eat up my margin. I'm just, I'm kind of OCD like that, are y'all with me? I'm just, but it's caused me to go back and go, okay, do I need a new prescription? Do I need a new lens? Do I need to adjust it just a little bit so that I am free? Here's why, here's the, here's the end result. I wanna be free to pursue the purpose of God no matter what the call. And many of us, if God were to call you to something right now, your no would be because you're under such financial pressure. And I want you to be able to live with a yes a yes that moves you forward no matter the call of God on your life are you with me are you with me okay I know when we talk about money everybody gets so uptight the Bible talks about money more than any topic more than heaven and hell combined so you shouldn't be so uptight are y'all with me Really, this is a topic Jesus really wants you to get a handle on and really wants you to understand and really wants you to, to live with. I want to take you to a parable that Jesus taught and I'm um, in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can see it. I know what it was. Luke chapter 12. And, um, and, and we're going to pull a few principles out of this because if you don't live by principle, you'll live by pressure. And when you live by pressure, you make wrong decisions. But if you have principles in place, come on, hey, every student in the room, if you live by the principle that purity is a value, whenever he puts the pressure on, you live by the principle, not the pressure. Come on there, parents, you should be saying a better amen than that right now. I'm just telling you, this applies to every area, of your life, and I'll take you to Luke chapter 12. The Bible says this, someone in the crowd said to him, being Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Most likely this was the older brother because the inheritance was given in that culture to the older brother, and this must have been the younger brother complaining. Come on, somebody. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? He's like, why are you you messing with me about this? Then he said to them, this is, This is the principle, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. And then he goes into a story. A man's life consists in more, does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. In other words, your your life is more than your possessions. And then he told them this parable. He said, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. In other words, he he had an abundance and he's like, My barns are full, I'm out of space. And then this is what he said to himself. This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. Great, good idea. And there I will store all my grain and my goods and I will say to myself, this is where it turns bad. You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God." I wanna pull three principles out of this um, parable, and then I wanna give you three real practical handles that you can leave today and do. If you're with me, say amen. Number one, I want you to be able to see this. I want you to be able to see with proper scales. Not scales like Scales on a snakeskin scales like measuring. If you're with, are you with me? And and here here's the thought or um, here's the idea is this: is God doesn't measure success the way we measure success. You, you'll never. I don't. I don't think you'll ever get your your money management right. Your your financial stewardship is the way the Bible refers to it because a steward is managing something that does not belong to him. And that's what we're really doing. Everything you have, God gave you. You didn't come in this earth with anything. And, and so the idea in the Bible is stewardship, that, that we're managers, that we're kind of CEOs over God's gift to us in our, in our personal resources. You are the CEO of You Incorporated, if you didn't know that. And so stewardship is the idea. And, and you'll never get stewardship unless you understand this. God doesn't measure success the way you and I measure success. Let me say it this way. You are more than what you make. Too many of us, the, the reason that we're, that, we're, that we're in that percentage of $16,000 in credit card debt at a 16% APR and, and the reason we're, we have a car payment that is stressing us out and now we can only fill up half the tank. Hello inflation, come on somebody. <laughs> Why is Starbucks now $25 for a cup? And uh, I'm joking, I'm exaggerating, right? But like, uh, you, 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 and now we're stressed out about this and, and, and our, our margins getting eaten up. And the reason we're doing it is because we have improper scales and, and we think that our value is found in, our, in our, what we hold. Uh, let me say it this way. Your, your value is not found in what you have in your account. Your value is not found in the size of the house you live in. I'm not against that. If you can afford it and live with margin and and be generous, then by all means, God said that he'd give you. Actually, Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, tell the church that God's given them resources for them to enjoy. Did you know that? So God's not against all that, but if that's where you're finding value, then you will make pressure decisions, not principle decisions. If you're finding your value in the name brand of your clothes and the type of shoes that you wear and the, the emblem that is on your car, and, and the, the, if you're finding your personal value, if, 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 if you were to have to trade down your car, would something on the inside of you feel less? If it would, there's a problem. And if that's the thing, then you will continue to strive to get more and you will make pressure decisions, not principle decisions. And and you'll take on debt that you don't even need to impress people that you don't even really know or like, honestly. and one more swipe and, and, you'll, and, and, and the reason is is that we live in such a comparison culture. And it's like, well, they went there and, and they posted all the pretty pictures of that vacation. And then you go on vacation and you're paying on it for years or hello, can I get up in your business? You're waiting on your tax return now to pay off last year's vacation. Nice. Yeah. Preach pastor, you're helping them. and we're paying 16% interest on a vacation that we fought the whole time. And then we're praying, God, give us a promotion. More doesn't make you better, it makes you more of what you already are. So if you're already greedy, why would God wanna make you more greedy? If you're already finding your value in money, why would God wanna make you more finding your value in money? Until you get proper scales in your heart and go, no, my value is found in that I'm a child of the Most High God. My value is found in what He says about me, not what is in my account. Paul said, I've had a lot and I've had a little. He said, I've been rich and I've been poor, but in the middle of it all, I've found a way to be content. I'm not content because of what is in the parking lot or what is the neighborhood I live in or what club I'm a member of. I find contentment in that he says I'm loved by him. I'm accepted by him. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You got to find your value. You got to have the right scales in your life. Because if not, you'll always be chasing the dollar and you'll find that you'll never catch it. Some of us, we got the wrong scales. We're finding value in stuff. Listen to me you are more valuable than what you own. Let that sink in. You are more valuable to your heavenly father than just what is in your possession. And here's the thing I found out is that the more you find value in who God says you are, the more God is willing to put into your hands. King Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived and the wealthiest man that ever lived by a large margin. Are y'all with me? Yeah. A large margin. Let me give you a little example. J.D. Rockefeller, the oil tycoon. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. J.D. Rockefeller, the oil tycoon, in today's money was estimated to be worth $663 billion. In today's money, King Solomon was worth 2.1 trillion. The wealthiest man by a lot, y'all, in the history of the world. And here's what he said in Ecclesiastes chapter two. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was what? Everybody shouted, it was some of you are like, well, I'd like to have a meaningless BMW. <laughs> like, he didn't say it was bad. He didn't say it wasn't enjoyable. He just said it didn't bring me value. He's not saying that he didn't like it. He's saying in the core of his soul, it didn't do what he thought it would do. And most of us live there. We move forever chasing the line, the next promotion, the next raise, the next thing, the next, the next. And it's always what's next and we're never content in what's now. He said, it's meaningless, chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Was he saying he didn't have a lot? No, he had $2.1 trillion, everybody. I just wanna keep saying that, $2.1 trillion. And he said, nothing was gained. You know what he's saying? He's saying there's more to be had than stuff. Is it bad to have stuff? Absolutely not, don't hear me say that. I'm just saying the stuff won't do on the inside of you what you're really wanting. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. In the parable Jesus said, a man's life is more than his possessions. Number two, you gotta have the lens, you need proper perspective. Here this is the proper perspective is God is our source. You gotta have the proper perspective that, that God's your source. This is huge. Are y'all with me? This is massive. Like if you ever get this, it'll, I promise you, more than, more than the market doing the right thing, more than the Dow doing the right, more than the right investment, More, if you will get this, I promise you it'll radically change the stewardship of your resources and your financial picture. I just promise you, if you get this deep into your heart that you go, no, God is my source. It's a faith thing, I understand it. It's a trust thing, and I get it. Some of you are thinking, no, I went to school and I worked hard and and I busted my tail and I got the promotion and I did the early mornings and late nights and all that. But I would just ask you, um, who put breath in your lungs, who put a brain in your skull? Who gave you the ability to get into school? Who got you up or, are y'all with me? Like that would just be my question for you to consider that God is your source. In the parable, the Bible says that a farmer planted and the ground produced the crop. It didn't say that the farmer produced the crop because the farmer did not have the ability to produce the crop. It was the ground that produced the crop and the ground was given to him by God. This is important for you to understand that everything you have is the result of the blessing of God in your life and that God is your source. If you think you did it all for yourself and that's where he turned wrong whenever he goes, look at all I've done. And then God said, no, your life will be required of you today. Because he was putting himself in the place of God and saying, I produced this and God, "No, no, 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 no. I made the dirt, I made the water. I produced this. Now, hear me clearly. Did he have to plant seed? Yes. Did he have to wake up early? Absolutely. Did he have to make sure that he got some irrigation to the land? Absolutely. Did he have to go out and harvest the crop? Absolutely. Did he have to tear down the barn and rebuild the barn? Was that a bad move? No. The bad move was whenever he thought he did it all. Do you have to return the phone calls? Yes, in a proper time. Do you have to write the contract? I'm just praying, praying God will open the door. No, if you're lazy and you don't know how to spell and you email like you're texting and you can't respond in 24 hours and you don't know how to talk on a phone and you can't look somebody in the eye when you have a conversation, hello somebody. Like if you can't do the job, you get fired. That's what happens. In the last three jobs, maybe it wasn't your boss. Maybe you're the common denominator over and over and over. And you don't just quit when you don't like the job anymore. I'm gonna quit. I don't wanna show up anymore. No, I know y'all don't wanna hear this preaching. This is like old school stuff. You have to do the work, but it is God who will give you the increase on your work. It is God who will put the super on your natural and cause supernatural increase to happen in your life. And it is God who gives you the ability to do it. I'm telling you, it'll change your man. It should change your man. It should change the spreadsheet of your budget to go. This is God's, came from God, provided by God. It'll also help you see your employer different. It'll help you see your employees different. It'll help you see your company different. If you go, God's my source. It's not a rude thing. Are y'all following me? It's not an arrogant thing. It's a grateful thing. No, this, this school doesn't pay me. God does. Oh, I know it comes from the direct deposit has the county's name. But God did that. And so if God is my source that I'm going to... I'm going I'm to operate in a way that honors God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this will take it or leave it, but I'm just telling you, it'll change everything if you get this point. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 and 18 says this. It says, you may say to yourself, my power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth wealth it goes on to say and so confirm his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today it is god come on with are y'all with me it is god who gives you the ability to produce wealth if you get that in your mind it changes so much in your heart because financial management is not a dollar issue it's a heart issue and you will stop making pressure decisions you'll start making principle decisions if you stop weighing the scales the way the world does and find contentment and value outside of your stuff if you'll understand that god is my source i got a proper perspective no no i don't i look at everything in my hand and go no god gave this to me so i'm gonna honor god with it and then number three is this is proper management proper management and this is the question i want to ask you is do you have a plan and I know this, this may not sound so spiritual, but it may be the most spiritual thing you ever do, is you actually get, hello somebody, a plan. Some of you, there's more month than there is money. Let that sink in for a minute. You get to day 20 and you're like, oh, snap. Because you don't have a plan. Let me ask you this, just a thought. Would you trust an investor with your money if they didn't have a plan for how to invest it? Your answer should be no. And if God is your source and he's looking for an investment, I just ask you the same thing. Should he entrust you with more if there is no plan? Proverbs twenty-one, twenty says this, It says, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but not my words, either Bible, don't be offended by pastor today, but the fools gulp theirs down. The wise store it up. The wise have some margin, the wise have some savings. Are y'all with me? And so I'm gonna give you three handlebars. If y'all with me, say amen. Amen. Come on, every campus. I know some of you, you're like, man, I'm super convicted right now. I was planning to go to Firebirds after this, but now I'm not. (laughs) I need to go home and look at my, I was going to put it on the visa. (laughs) Y'all with me? I'm just trying to help you. I want you free to do everything God wants you to. I want you to be able to get, I want us to be able to launch a campus somewhere around the world and you go, I can go, I've got the margin to do it. I'm not trapped to a job. Are y'all with me? This company doesn't own me. I've got space in my life. Anyways, number, all right, three things, three things real quick. These are, these are real practical handles that I want you to do. This is what you can leave here and do today, all right? Um, I want you to be able to leave and go, I can do this today. Number one, this may be the hardest, face the facts. Face the facts. Face the facts of where you are. Go home and face the facts. Some of you, it's gonna, it, don't let it depress you. <laughs> But it may be a little depressing. Some of you just like, I just ignore it. Like the credit card cousin bill, I rip it up and throw it in the trash. I don't even know <laughs> you rebuke it. In the name of Jesus, get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> now at some point you got to face the facts. You got to do what Psalms 51 says. It says, I've been out of step with you for a long time. In the wrong since before I was born. What you're after is truth from the inside out. It's always about your heart. Some of you need to go home and you need to face the facts. You need to be like, here's all the credit cards. Here's all the debt. Here's all the income. You need to like, are you with me? And it may be hard. It may be difficult. And, and, and the enemy may wanna dump shame and jump on your back. And, but that's not what God wants for you, all right? It is what it is. You are where you are. It's a new day. Are you with me? Past is past. Come on, we're forgetting what is behind. We're pressing forward to what God has for us. Number two, real practical, create a plan. Go home and create a plan. Proverbs says this, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he'll establish your plans. Go home and commit a plan, make a plan, commit it to the Lord. God, God, we're making a commitment, we're gonna do this. It's gonna be hard, we're gonna say no to things. We're gonna cancel some things. We're gonna downgrade some things. We're gonna we're going you know we're gonna break up a Starbucks and We don't need it every day. You're gonna save 100 dollars a month right there. <laughs> like, are y'all with me? Like we're gonna we're gonna do some things. And and we we wanna help you in this. I want you to write down this website. We created this website just for you. It has literally uh, it has spreadsheets on it. You can go in and plug in your own numbers, create your own plan. It has Uh, financial small groups that we offer to to help you walk through this. It has books, resources um, that will help you read those, get a handle on it. Just, I just wanna put everything I can in your hand to help you. I want you to be free. Are you with me? I want you to be free. And the number three finally is this, start today. Start today. Is it a coincidence? I preached this on the last Sunday of the month and the first is about to come and you're about to get a paycheck. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe I'm strategic. Maybe you've got until, what is it, Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't know what the day. You've got a couple of days to get this started. And you know what? March will be a new day. It'll be a new beginning. It'll be a fresh start. You're going to get margin. You're not going to live stressed. Come on. You're, you're going to be able to afford a $400 emergency. You're not being that 44% of people. You're not going to live under the weight of credit card debt. And you're not going to live under... You, you, you're gonna live free so that you can do whatever it is. This is the reason, this is the why. It's not just so I can get more, not so I can have margin, it's so that I can respond with a yes to God and move forward in my life, it's the why. Start it today, James says this. says, be doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Listen to this, For in, if anyone is a hearer, and you're responsible now, you've heard it, of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who observes himself and goes away and immediately forget what kind of man he was, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer. What a thought. Don't be a forgetful hearer today. I'll get to it later. I'll do it another day. No, don't start today. But a doer of the word, this is the one who will be. This is where I'm wanting to get you. Everybody shout it, will me. Come on, every campus will be in what he does. My heart for you is to be blessed. I didn't say rich. I didn't say God wants everybody, you know, a millionaire. Nobody wants you blessed. I do believe in a blessed life. And the way pathway to it is not just to be hear the word, but be a doer also. It's gonna take discipline. It's gonna take faith to go, God, I trust you to do it your way. It's gonna take courage. It's gonna take consistency, little by little, day by day. But who knows, three months, six months from now, think a little more long-term, a year from now, you could be in a place of freedom and that has rippling effects. Don't you want less stress? Don't you want less tension in the home that are surrounded around financial conversations? Don't Don't you wish you could say yes a lot more than you say no? You can. You can get there. You can get there. So maybe today you'd put on a new prescription. Go, wow, I've been seeing it wrong. I thought my value was found in what I had. I thought, I worked my hardest and I produced all this. No, I thought I could just kind of guess and my management would be opening the bank app and going, there's more in there, let's go. No, let's face the facts. Let's create a plan. Maybe the most spiritual thing you do. And let's start today. Come on, you received the word today, this helpful. Hey, let's pray together. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no matter where you're watching from today. Maybe today you you have a a hard time trusting and doing your money God's way because you've never taken the first step of trusting Him with your life, with your heart. And I wanna invite you to do that today. You know, we never like to close a service without giving you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to begin a relationship with him. We're not inviting you into religion or inviting you into joining this church. It's about, do you know God? Do you have a personal relationship with him? The Bible says that we've all sinned. That's not meant to condemn you. It's just the reality of humanity. And that sin separates us from God. And so as a result, we feel far from God. We feel distant from God because in fact we are. And then on top of that, the enemy dumps shame and regret and still no joy, no peace. We lay our head down at night and when we really think about what matters in life, we don't know that we have the answers. And Jesus has offered you this beautiful gift. It's the gift of knowing your sins are forgiving, knowing you have peace with God. And not just heaven one day, but a better life today. Because life is better when you put him first in your life. And so I want to invite you to do that today. The Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that simply means that he's, you're, you're making him in control. Stop doing it your way, going to start doing it his way. And you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that's the resurrection, then you will be saved. Today, you can, you can walk out of here today, you can leave today having confidence that heaven is your home, that you have peace with God. Loud as a church, we don't want anybody praying alone, but... If that's you, you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I, I know that I'm far from God today. Maybe at some point in your, your life, you'd say, I've, I walked with Jesus, but I walked away. And today I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. And I want that. If that's you, in just a moment, I'm gonna count to three. I just wanna know who I'm praying with, myself, our campus pastors. No one is looking around. No one wants to embarrass you. No one will come to you or point you out. But if that's you, you would just say, Pastor, that's me. When I get to three, I want you to shoot your hand up high enough and long enough for us to see. And then we're gonna pray together. If that's you on three, you just shoot it up. One, two, three. You just shoot it up high enough and long enough. God bless you. God bless you. So many hands, That's beautiful. So beautiful. Church, let's pray this out loud together at every location for the benefit of those who slipped up their hands. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name. Now, everybody said a big amen. Amen. Come on, celebrate those who made that decision. It's wonderful. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the Lifepoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.